Hey, let's take a break, if that's what this is, and talk a little sports in the Ozone. The Ozone tonight brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors of Lakeland turning strap metal into cash. We're talking sports with Ronnie O and Coach Joe. All right, Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone. We're taking names and kicking posteriors, and I'll tell you what, it's open mic night tonight in Lakeland. Give us a call, 682-1430, 682-1430. If you're technologically inclined, you can reach us at ozone at hallradio.net. That's ozone at hallradio.net. And in sports, coming up this Saturday, the Florida Gators are going to host the Auburn Tigers. 2 p.m. will be the tip-off in Exact Tech Arena, 1.30 pregame on WONN 107.1. 12.30 a.m. And Tuesday, Arkansas, the Razorbacks, are going to come in to the former O'Connell Center on the Billy Donovan Court. That'll tip off at 7 p.m., 6.30 pregame. Again, WONN 107.1. Well, Coach Joe, you know, one of the things that I thought we might talk about tonight, maybe we can stir up some people and um, get them fired up, get them going, get them, get them calling in is – I was looking at the all-time NFL rushing leaders. Of course, Emmett Smith, former Florida Gator, leads with 18,355 yards. But there are some great backs in there. And a lot of the old guys, you know, they don't even come close because they didn't run the ball as much back then. And they didn't play as many games either. But, um, you know, some of the guys I thought of that you don't see on the top 24 list are Marion Motley, you know, with the old Cleveland Browns, um, Lenny Moore with the Baltimore Colts back in the day, Paul Horning, Jim Taylor of the old Packers, John Henry Johnson of the old Steelers, Gail Sayers, who had a brief but brilliant career with the Bears, Earl Campbell, man, that guy was tough, uh, Jim Brown, Leroy Kelly, a couple of Cleveland Browns. And uh, who are some of the guys that come to mind for you? Who might not be on that list? Yeah. Oh, uh, is Franco Harris on there? Yeah, he. Franco Harris is um, – down the list, let me see. I think I saw him on there somewhere. Yeah, he's 15th okay, with 12,000 so, yards. But I bet Lytle Mitchell's not on there. And he was, no, that's right. He, he was he was terrific. Uh, and you, you, and uh, I get the, uh, there's certain guys who were so good, but their careers weren't as long as maybe they should be right. or could have been. You mentioned Gail Sayers. Uh, Barry Sanders, where is he on that list? Barry Sanders is up there. He's fourth. Okay. And, uh, you know, he, he walked out at a time when he was at a peak, and that guy could embarrass people. He was so good. Yeah, he was he was as shifty and uh, incredible a running back as I've ever seen. Kind of eye-popping. Hey, if he's got the ball, you want to watch, you want to see what he's doing. Uh, another one who was that good who's not on that list would be Ricky Williams, uh, you know, out of Texas, and they played a lot for the Miami Dolphins, uh, as well as the Saints for a little bit. He uh, he had issues with uh, uh, let's just say mental health a little bit, you know, and and uh, it, it it caused him to not really I think maximize his talent. But when he was good, when he was when he had his head on straight and was focused, he was all but unstoppable there for several years for the Dolphins uh, back in the days when they actually were a playoff contender. That's yeah. how long it's been. Uh, you probably. Um, Larry Zonka might not have been around long enough to be on that list here. I know he had a pretty good career uh, in terms of of running the ball at her length anyway. But that World Football League derailed it, took about five years off his career because he was – he has been 
the most certain, maybe Marshawn Lynch is the only one comparable recently, but bef- but since Larry Zonka, there's nobody who's automatic on th- third or fourth and short. You did not stop him. If it's third and one, he got the ball. And this was a big deal. You know, Cincinnati in the Super Bowl, uh, early in the game and then late in the game, had second and one, third and one, fourth and one, and couldn't convert and keep the drives going. And it eventually, you know, caught, led to a Rams touchdown in the first quarter when they went for it near midfield. And then when they had to go for it near midfield in the fourth quarter, they uh, got stopped and tried to pass out of the shotgun on yeah. fourth and one. So that tells you how 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 valuable a guy like Zonka was. Well, you know, what I remember about Zonka is that he was kind of overweight and had headache problems, right. probably concussion yeah, problems before Shula, before Shula got yeah. there and put that great offensive line in front of him. Then it was a different deal. And, uh, you know, you let that guy get up ahead of steam. You did not want to tackle him. Do you remember it was comedic when Pat Fisher, the little cornerback for the Redskins, tried to tackle him? <laughs> like Fisher probably weighed about 170 pounds. I try to watch that highlight clip every uh, couple of weeks or so because I just enjoy watching him just run run the guy over, just shove him aside and send him flying. And Fisher didn't even he didn't wear a chin strap on his helmet, did he? No, I don't think so. You know, there, it, Pat Fisher was kind of a hero to small guys, you know, because he made it in the NFL, but the Dolphins abused him in that game. Oh, they, <laughs> they really did. Oh, I remember it was like, you know, if you went out in the backyard and, and your five-year-old kids are out there and you're playing football <laughs> with them, it was almost like that. They just couldn't handle Zonka. Oh, it was so it was so awesome. He really was. He he had this running style. He invented running downhill as far as I could tell, you know. <laughs> he just he just kept moving. The bikes would bounce off him. It, one guy could not tackle him. One guy could slow him down and hold on for dear life, but he'd shake him off and keep going and and uh uh he, you know, eventually go down when he probably ran out of steam as much as anything else. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and we'll take a break. When we come back. I want to bring up you brought up Zonka. There were some great running backs before him at Syracuse that we want to talk about. You're listening to Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone on Talk Radio 96.7 WLKS. Talk Radio 96.7. Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone. The Ozone is brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors, turning scrap metal into cash. All right, Ronnie O and Coach Joe back in the Ozone. We were talking about NFL great rushers, and we mentioned Larry Zonka. Well, he was just one of a handful of great rushers that came out of Syracuse. You go back to 1957, a guy named Jim Brown, uh, who was the all-time leading rusher in the NFL at one point. When Jim Brown retired, he held the single-game record at 237 yards. He held the career-rushing record at 18,000 and uh, I think it was another record that he held, like season record. Yeah, at 1,800 yards in a season. And uh, I've heard that Jim Brown was maybe the greatest lacrosse player of all time. This guy was about 230 pounds. He was remarkably fast, had a 28-inch waist. And, oh, man, that guy was punishing. And then they had Floyd Little, Ernie Davis in 1961, won the Heisman Trophy, and tragically died of leukemia before he ever got to play in the NFL. And uh, Floyd Little and, um, of course, Zonka. Did I miss anybody uh, Was uh, from Syracuse? Was it Leroy Kelly? Was that 
He no, he, he, he didn't go to Syracuse. Syracuse. I think he went to a small. School. Yeah, it was Ernie Davis, Jim Brown, Larry Zonka, and who was the other? Floyd, Floyd Little. Little. Yeah, yeah, those are the main guys from from that era. Syracuse. It just there was turned a guy out named Rob Lytle. Didn't he play for um, the Dolphins? Uh, he played for Denver. Uh, he was from Michigan, I thought. No, Rob no, no, Lytle. no, no. The running back. There, there was for? a guy. He was a fullback from Syracuse. The Gators played him in the Orange Bowl, and um, I'm trying to. Rob, maybe I've got oh, little. Oh, you maybe I've got the wrong name. Yeah, I don't. Uh, from the you mean the nineteen ninety nine Orange Bowl? Yeah. Oh, okay. Or the two thousand and one Orange Bowl, which it would have been, I think, ninety nine. Yeah. They they had a good team. Syracuse had three first round draft choices on that team. Yeah, the two thousand one was uh, Maryland. You're right. Uh, so yeah, ninety nine. Yeah, that was pretty. That was the Donovan. Donovan, Donovan McNabb. 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 Let me try that again. Donovan McNabb team. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there, there have been just so many great running backs in the NFL, and then the statistics are, you know, they're they're kind of skewed because they play more games now, and you know, they've run the ball more. But did you think of some other guys that um, you want to put on the list? Well, it, we we were talking about this during the break. Uh, we're trying to come up with more recent guys who were, were really spectacular because the running back position's different now than it used to be. You used to pick your running backs pretty high up in the draft and, and build your team around them. You don't do that as much anymore. It's all about quarterbacking and trying to find uh, good pass catchers. So the running game is important, but it's not the kind of thing where the guy car- running back carries the team. Uh, if you think of guys like John Riggins who, did, who, who carried the Redskins there in the early 80s, uh, or Edger and James, who who was an important part of the Colts uh, with Peyton Manning. You always talk about what he did and, and throwing to Reggie Wayne and guys like that. But Edger and James was a huge part of that. And it's easy to forget about guys like that. But if you, uh, more recently, uh, Reggie Bush, let's not forget about him because every time you think about him, you think about USC and paying yeah. him and <laughs> taking the Heisman for stuff that's legal now. So <laughs> kind of crazy. But he was really good because he was, he was fast. He could run and he could go out and catch, which, you know, the, the great running backs these days need to be dual threats like that. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Ladanian Tomlinson, he, he, oh, he's yeah. always forgotten about because he played for the Chargers. But wow, that guy was good. He, he was. He was a good runner. He was a pretty good pass catcher, but he could really run that ball. He was, Rob Conrad was the guy I was trying to think of. Oh, okay. Wasn't he yes. a first-round choice of the Dolphins? He, he was a, a choice of the Dolphins. I can't say for sure he was first round, but, yeah, Rob Conrad was a good player for a number of years. We're talking about the late 90s, early 2000s Dolphins, who were good back then, and then things fell apart. Uh, they thought Nick Saban would turn it around. That didn't work out so good, and it's just – been one mediocrity after another <laughs> since but in the rob conrad days it was a, a pretty good solid team because guys like him were part of the, were part of the reason he was hard-nosed he had a heart he was a gamer uh he could play too he was and he was really good in the clutch i, I liked rob conrad i'm glad you brought him up chuck muncie chuck muncie yeah yeah back uh with the saints i think for a while and then yeah. the chargers of course yeah. uh, i think he was part of that 1981 uh, overtime game with the Dolphins. Chuck Muncie was on the Chargers that year, I believe. You know, he was part of them. He was he was terrific. I remember the Gators played Cal. Yeah, Cal Berkeley. I think it was in 1974, and they played them in um, Gainesville. And we were really good then. I was in school, 
and we beat them 21-17. I thought, man, what's wrong with the Gators? Well, they had Chuck Muncie, they had Steve Bartkowski, and uh, <laughs> they had uh, they were loaded. That was a great team that they had back then. And then we played them again in Tampa in 1980 after the 0-10-1 season, and they had um, Rich Campbell was their quarterback back then. And I think he threw like 53 passes that day and completed like 35 of them. The Gators beat them pretty handily that day. We had an offensive coordinator, some guy named Mike Shanahan. <laughs> I remember those days. I remember because I, I was going to school there in the early 80s, and people used to complain about the Shanahan offense, which which it actually was ahead of its time, you know, because uh, – they, it was much more conservative game in the college game back then, and, and uh, the Gators threw the ball a lot more than, than most, and kind of because kind of they needed to. They were a little bit shorthanded, and they caught teams by surprise that way. Uh, but uh, the, uh, you know, the problem in the early 80s, this is pre-Lorenzo Hampton, pre-Neil Anderson, yeah. <laughs> those guys, it, you know, they had uh, James Jones, who was good. He was a good big fullback. And yeah. Stuff, but... but uh, they were uh, lacking the explosive players in 80, 81, and 82 that they would have in the later teams that got pretty good uh, and, and started to win a lot more games. Uh, you know, we, we talk about that era uh, in, in the NFL about great running backs, often overlooked, and sometimes I even forget his name, but Tony Nathan was a huge part of the Dolphins. He came from Alabama, and the, the Dolphins made two Super Bowls uh, during the time he was there. And he was their best running back during that time period because he was mostly known as a pass catcher. You're not going to see him on any rushing lists, but he could run the ball, but he knew how to get first downs. And he, he, caught, was so that, he caught that lateral on hook and lateral play oh, yeah. in that Charger yeah. game. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's the kind of thing. He was so – it was executed so perfectly, and, and he knew exactly what to do with it. And that's just a, a really smart player who played for a long time with the Dolphins. But the Chargers' punishment wasn't – that, didn't they have to go to Cincinnati and play in the minus 59 degrees? <laughs> yeah, that was a tough loss for the Dolphins, but I think they got off easy. You know, They, they, they just shook it off and went back to the, went to the Super Bowl the following year you know, and avoided, avoided the Cincinnati. <laughs> that worked out pretty good. You, know, you brought up a great point, and I, this never even crossed my mind, but that the Dolphins haven't won the Super Bowl they haven't been to the Super Bowl in 48 years? They haven't won in 48 years. They haven't been there in 37. That's hard to believe. Really yeah. hard to believe. Our, but you brought up another yeah, point. Yeah. The longest of any Super Bowl winning team, the longest drought is the Jets since 1968. I hope they never go again. I was a Baltimore Colt back then. 53 years. <laughs> since, I hope it's 153 years. And they've never made it back. Now, the Dolphins have been back to the Super Bowl uh, twice since they last won it. Unfortunately, those were a long time ago. We're talking about we're just talking about the early '80s. That's when it was, <laughs> and they've only been to the AFC Championship game two times uh, in the last <clears throat> 37 years. Uh, the year after the Super Bowl uh, that they were in, they played the Patriots in the 1985 AFC Championship game, and then they played Buffalo in the 1990. Uh, <clears throat> 1992 AFC Championship game. Both games were at home. They, well, they lost you, them both. <laughs> it could be the Detroit Lions. They were NFL champions in 1957. Never been to the Super Bowl and haven't been very good most of the time. Seems yeah. like they lost a playoff game to the Cowboys five to nothing back in the oh um, yeah the, the the Greg Landry era maybe. <laughs> 
Yeah, the early 70s. Uh, I want to say 1971. I think that's when it was. That right. Yeah, it was. that might be right. Somebody look that up. Eric, check that. <laughs> 682-1430. Let me know if I'm wrong. Come on, disagree with me. I say it was 1971. <laughs> uh, see, Eric is sitting over there. You know, he's a billionaire. He's counting his money. And, uh, you know, he's got to call and ask stop, about his, it, his fleet of Learjets. We threw off his count. 1971, he was like 4,000. 1971, 1972. <laughs> <laughs> well, just cut it out. Uh, do you really need that many pennies, Eric? I mean, just get some bigger bills. <laughs> Somebody put a 50 in Monk's by 1,000. <laughs> What's that doing there? He tosses it aside. <laughs> Who is this idiot called Grant? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, give us a call, 682-1430. We're just talking sports, and uh, if you've got something you want to talk about, give us a call, and uh, we'll be glad to talk about it. And uh, Coach Joe, we mentioned that Daytona 500 coming up Sunday. Yes, it's coming up Sunday. We had a chance to talk a little bit about it with Holly last week, and she's there now. Uh, the big NASCAR fans, I'm sure, are excited about the clash. Uh, the uh, they used to call them the Twin 125s, yeah. but they're they're going on today. It's Thursday. That's uh, that's the big day for that. And uh, I believe who got the poll? We just found out yesterday. Um, we had the same poll two years in a row. Was it Burton or? Um, you know, I missed it. I'm not sure. I'm going to have to check that yeah, during, we'll the, to look, during the break. See who's on the, the poll for yeah. so 500 this year. But it's going to be really, really uh, uh, a terrific race. Remember, these are these next gen cars uh, that are going to be now for the first time uh, in the super speedway. They had a little bit of a. Uh, uh, opening night, as it were, in Los Angeles, but that was a short track, and now we're really going to. Kyle be- Larson. Was Kyle Larson who got it? Yeah, okay. Uh, he was the one who had it last year, too, I think. You know, I, I was looking this up. and um, Without Holly here to guide us, we're going to Yeah, lost. exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, at one time, they did not have the restrictor plates on the cars. And the, the all-time record for qualifying in Daytona, Bill Elliott, 216 miles per hour. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they, I remember they, they were talking to some of the drivers back then, and even the drivers, you know, these guys are devil-may-care, you know, risk-takers. And they asked him about going 200 miles an hour, and they said, at 200 miles an hour, you don't drive it, you just aim it. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. Oh, boy, you got to be pretty precise at that at that speed. But yeah, and I think – go ahead. Well, I was just saying, you know, sometimes – it's it's a little bit of a better race when they're kind of slower, or at least the way they like to race. I was looking at the short track race that they had at the LA Memorial Coliseum last week, and I was telling you earlier about uh, when uh, when Joey Logano wanted to pass Kyle Busch, he just banged into his rear bumper, <laughs> pushed him aside, and went by him. You can't now you can't do that at 200 miles an hour. You know, yeah. there you have the whole field would be half the field would be wiped out in a fiery crash. But but at those slower speeds in the short track, you can get some of that bumping and, and grinding that they were doing, and it was it was it was fun to watch. And this is going to be a blast to watch this week. See, I didn't like the race. I didn't like that out there. Well, I mean, they wouldn't every, have gotten a speeding ticket on I four. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's a crowded race. You're talking about a quarter mile track under these big race yeah. cars. Did, did you hear uh, plug? Uh, Shout out to Sports Central for the interesting fact I heard as I was driving 
here earlier that you can fit inside the Daytona Speedway, you can fit 15 of, of the stadiums and arenas from the state of Florida within the Daytona <laughs> International <laughs> Speedway. It's that big. Yeah, you have to go there to appreciate how big that is. There's Lake Lloyd in the middle, and yeah. people don't even realize there's a lake there. And people water skiing is not like it's a you know, 50-meter lake, like a swimming pool or something. It is huge. And not a drainage pond. or anything. No, It's a real no, lake. it's not. And, and the, the oval is two and a half miles, uh, as opposed to the quarter-mile track they were racing yeah, on exactly. in the football stadium last week. Exactly. <laughs> what, a, what amazing stuff. Uh, you know, I didn't know this, but, um, you know, over the period of years, every time they sit, they make a rule – these guys figure out ways to get around the rules. Yeah, you got to know the rules to break them, right? <laughs> yeah, I did not know this, but NASCAR gives you your restrictor plate and takes it back after the race. <laughs> so to, to cut down a little bit, I remember I was listening, Dale Earnhardt has a great podcast, and they were talking about cheating, and they were talking about how, you know, your car's got to weigh a certain amount when, when they take it in there for the pre-race. And then after the race, they weigh it again. Well, they figured out they filled up the roll bar with BBs <laughs> to make it weigh what it needed to weigh. And then during the race, they would let them out. They had a little <laughs> little cap, that, a button they could push to let some of them out. And they said one of the drivers was walking the track with Humpy Wheeler that owned one of the smaller tracks. And he said, you know, I can't figure out. I keep finding these little BBs out here. <laughs> and uh, I think it was... Um, wasn't Earnhardt. It was one of the other drivers, and he said, "Yeah, that's strange." <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's go ahead and take a break. And after Kim Commando, we'll be back. You're listening to Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone on Talk Radio 96.7 WLKF. All right. Let's get back to more of the Ozone Talk Radio 96.7. The Ozone brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors. Turning scrap metal into cash. All right, Ronnie O and Coach Joe back in the Ozone, and we're going to throw you a curveball right now. This might even be a screwball. This might be a Fernando Valenzuela screwball. Just because don't make most... it. It's not a spitball. I don't want any spitball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't want that, but screwball is what we do best, right? <laughs> there you go. There you go. I know all of you are saying it's too early. They will not do the sports quiz now, but we will. There's and no we're going to do it early this week. We're going to throw you off. There's no law saying we can't do it right now. <laughs> All right. Our legal department, our crack legal department, has checked. There is no law. We can't do it early. You know why we, we wait till the end of the show? Because it takes that long to get the money out of Eric's tight fist. He's just, <laughs> That's no, true. no. It takes a whole hour to convince him he has to give it up That's for the good of the show. Exactly. Right? But he was uh, generous today. All right. If you haven't won in the last six months and you know the answer to our question— Give us a call, 682-1430. That's 682-1430. And our crack legal department came up with this question. <laughs> what team did Matthew Stafford play for previously in the NFL before he became a Los Angeles Ram? 682-1430. That is the number. If you know the answer and you haven't won in the last six months, 682-1430. And you could be going out to Miller's Lakeland Ale House with a $30 gift certificate in your hand, or you can eat and drink $30 worth out there, and they'll just take it off your tab. 
Coach Joe and I go out there frequently, right, Coach Joe? Oh yeah, and there's uh, always uh, a lot of good sports. It was we it was a transition from football to the off season. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff that's that's on right now in February. Uh, you know, college basketball is is peaking. And oh, by the way. Uh, we don't often talk about it because with the Gators, there isn't much to talk about. Women's college basketball, the women's team is on fire. They have won eight out of nine, including mostly against ranked teams. They won again today. And they, they won again today. They've moved into the top 20. And now all of a sudden, they're almost certainty to be uh, in the tournament. The men, you mentioned, they play a couple of important games, Auburn and Arkansas. The bottom line on, on the Gators right now, win both of those, and they'll make the tournament most likely. Uh, lose them both, they probably won't. Uh, split the two games, and they have a fight, fighting chance to still make the tournament. But the women, on the other hand, they are looking just better and better. A really, a real, real surprise there because they thought this was going to be a tough year. There's, there's a lot of craziness going on with the women's program with the basketball at the Gators, but uh, it has turned out that they, uh, after a little bit of a sluggish start, have really found themselves. It's, Kelly Ray Finley. Uh, the coach has just done a remarkable job there. Yeah, she and, was just uh, supposed to be a stopgap. Yeah, <laughs> we we <laughs> have to try to get her on uh, sometime. And I'll tell you who else we need to get on is Kevin O'Sullivan. The Gators baseball starts out this Friday night. They're going to take on um, who is it? I know. Uh, I know Billy Napier's throwing out the first pitch. I that's know that. right. <laughs> that's exactly right. All right, we got a caller on the line that's hungry and thirsty. Eric, how you doing tonight? Good, sir. How you doing? Fantastic. You hungry and thirsty? Yeah, if I get it right. Uh-huh. <laughs> Wait, well, you're, if you get it wrong, that means you're not hungry? Is that? <laughs> no, I'm still hungry and thirsty. I just won't have the gift certificate. <laughs> All right, there you go. All right, what NFL team did Matthew Stafford play for previously? Was it Detroit Lions? It is the Detroit Lions. Yes. We were just talking about them that – they were NFL champions in 1957. Yeah, Stafford Never wasn't been to there the then. Yeah, <laughs> he wasn't even born back then. Uh, of all the people here, I think I was the only one born in 1957. So, And they're all laughing at me going, you, you're still alive? But you ever been out to the Ale House? Yeah, I have. Oh, that's a good place. What's your favorite thing to eat out there? Oh, I don't know. Usually I get the steak. I might try something different. The uh, Asabuco was good one time. Well, you can afford the steak if you don't invite Eric. If, if you invite Eric to well, go yeah. with you, man, you won't even get to drink any water. It, now, I'm just coming no. out, Ronnie. Now, Eric Clark, I know he's, Eric's going to take your information in a minute so and tell you how to claim the prize. You guys have the same first name, so you got to be careful he doesn't poach it. You know, that Eric Clark doesn't go to the mail yeah. and go, here I am, give me my food. I, I noticed he sounded excited when I called when it had the same first name. So. <laughs> Great people, his, great first name. His mouth is watering right there in front of you. Don't there drool you on the mic, Eric. <laughs> Oh, man. Who do you root for in the NFL, Eric? Usually the New England Patriots. All right. You know, we were just talking about some of the great running backs. Tampa would be my second choice. All right. What about in college? Who's your favorite teams in college? Uh, BYU. BYU. Oh, man. Uh, Eric, best running back New England ever had. Oh gosh! Yeah, I know. I couldn't think of one either. Um, Curtis Martin was pretty yeah. good. Um, yeah, they had Sam Cunningham. Sam a long Bam time Cunningham. Ago. <laughs> yeah, I don't and know. They had Craig uh, James. Craig he was pretty good. Long ago, all we worry about is the receivers. Yeah, 
Yeah, you know, but yeah, you can't think of a ton of great running backs on New New England, uh, which is what we were talking about earlier, that running back, the position anyway, isn't as glamorous as it used to be. Uh, but, uh, uh, no, that's what everybody's going to the passing game. Nobody runs it like they yeah, used to. Yeah, and, and um, then, you know, Bill Belichick, he liked to take uh, guys off of waivers or guys who, had, uh, you know, had trouble on their old teams like Corey Dillon and, and turn and you know, for a year or two make them stars. And, and he'd go through them. Every couple of years there'd be a new running back rotated through New England. <laughs> yeah, never a steady one, but... Uh, who, who was it, Jim Nance? He played for New England. That's right, he did. Yeah. Yeah. But New England's another, so bad back then, He was another Syracuse then, guy, wasn't he? Yeah, that's the other yeah, guy. Yeah, that's the guy we missed. Yeah, we were t- trying to think of Syracuse running backs. Well, uh, there's been a lot of them. Yeah. Eric, did we miss any? No, I think you're good. Yeah, we always, we, we well... You know, we have a crack research team here that feeds us the information. Uh, Well, Eric, hang on the line, and uh, Eric will get your information, and uh, you know, probably try to get your wallet. So, you know, don't don't let him get near you because he might take your wallet. The guy's a billionaire, but he's a skin flint. Yeah, you don't have to pay any fee to claim this prize. Don't let him. Don't let him con you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Just cut it out, guys. (laughs) Congratulations, Eric. Okay, thanks a lot. Thank you. All right. Well, um, it, we did it early. I, I don't hear any sirens. Grady's <laughs> not knocking on the door. Hey, you know, this is our show. Nobody owns us, except maybe for Eric over there. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> otherwise, we do what we do. And, uh, I, you know, it, it's great to see Eric win. And, uh, uh, you know, the, he he's a big fan of football, you can tell. And, uh, you know, it's been interesting thing about Matthew Stafford, because uh, playing for Detroit was not interesting at all. He's a great player, stuck on an awful team for all those years. And, and in fact, him and Eminem are the closest Detroit will ever come to a Super Bowl. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, Stafford, Georgia quarterback, first, I believe, first Georgia quarterback to play in and win the Super Bowl. Yeah, I don't think Zeke Bratkowski played for the Packers. Right, and, and Fran Tarkenton is the yeah. most uh, obvious uh, name from Georgia who played in the Super Bowl, and he lost. Three times, four times, no, three times. Yeah. 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 Joe Cap was the other one. Speaking of Joe, I, I, I was uh, posting about this because it was an actual Wall Street Journal article last week. Serious. In the Wall Street Journal, they pointed out something that I already knew because I keep track of this stuff, Ronnie. <laughs> <laughs> I already knew that, um, that Joe was the winningest first name of, of a quarterback's for Super Bowls. In other words, uh, the name Joe was your Super Bowl winning quarterback seven times, and that matched the winning Super Bowl name of Tom. Of course, Tom <laughs> is all Tom Brady. <laughs> now, the Joes who've won the Super Bowl were Joe Namath, uh, Joe Theismann, uh, Joe Flacco, Joe Montana, and uh, th- those four between them had seven Super Bowl wins and two losses. Now it's seven and three as Joe Burrow started and lost uh, he lost a Super Bowl. Uh, Joe Theismann lost one Super Bowl and won one, and uh, Joe Cap lost a Super Bowl. So Joes are seven and three in Super Bowls, matching Tom's for uh, quarterback name record in a Super Bowl. <laughs> Tom Brady seven and three. All the Joes combined seven and three. Now, keep that in mind. By the way, that's why I took Cincinnati plus three and a half, and even though they lost the game. 
They covered. So <laughs> when you are, if you get a, a future Joe Burrow or future Joe anybody in the Super Bowl and next year or whenever, fans, take that into account when you're making your your wagers. <laughs> <laughs> the Joes, if they, even if they don't win, they cover. You know, I, I was gonna. You really came up with a good one on the Patriots. Sam Cunningham is the career rushing leader for the Patriots. He was really good for 5, them. 5,453 yards. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, the, the Patriots had, until Bill Belichick, were generally pretty bad, but they had a few moments uh, in the mid 70s with Chuck Fairbanks uh, until he, he split. And then in the mid 80s, actually made Ron, a Super Ron Meyer had some pretty good teams there, too. Didn't yeah. He? Yeah. And, uh, uh, and then uh, Raymond Berry. Right, Raymond Barry had took him to the Super Bowl, and then uh, they also went to the Super Bowl with Belichick, where they played, uh, and, and Drew Bledsoe, where they played the uh, not Belichick but Bill Parcells, yeah, uh, where they played the Packers, in uh, that with Desmond Howard Super Bowl that Brett Favre, uh, what, that was that was Green Bay's first win in a Super Bowl since the Bart Starr days. Yeah, the uh, 1960 Patriots, I think, won. What no they, I don't think they won. They they did win an AFL title way back, I think, you know, before the leagues merged when they had Babe Perilli and um, Gino Capaletti, some of those guys back in the day. Nick Ponacani was on some Nick of those Ponacani teams. Nick Ponacani was too. Uh, yeah, he he's it's amazing. The Dolphins, they built that 70s dynasty mostly with cast-offs or guys that looked like draft busts. Larry Little. Like Yeah, Larry Little was a cast-off. He was a charger originally, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, and they, they kind of gave up on him and uh, – Dolphins, Dolphins were able to get him for next to nothing. Uh, guys like Norm Evans weren't thought of as, as any good at all. Uh, you know, they and they, they built through the great offensive line coach they had, Monty Clark. Yeah, Forty uh, Niners head coach later, and Detroit Lions too. Yeah, wasn't he? later on, and uh, with the Dolphins, he the offensive lines were so great. We talked about Larry Zonka and Mercury Morris running the ball. Well, there was great offensive line too because uh, they were primarily charged with running the ball. They didn't pass that much, and they just moved opened up holes and and Larry Little leading Morris or Zonka around the end it was a sight to behold he was so good and he's been on our show too oh Great. yeah Hall of Famer Kuchenberg I mean th- those guys were just so good back then I always thought that the two lines of those teams are what made those teams great that you know obviously as it is with any team you know the guys that carry the ball touch the ball they get all the credit but to me those guys would not have been that good had they not had those great offensive and defensive lines. Well, let's go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, we'll be talking some more sports. You're listening to Ronnie O and Coach Joe on Talk Radio 96.7 WLKF. Hi, this is Rico Petroselli of the American League champion 1967 Impossible Dream Red Sox. You're listening to Ronnie Ocean in the Ozone. Hey, it's Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone. Talk Radio 96.7. The Ozone brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors. All right, Ronnie O and Coach Joe back in the Ozone. Give us a call, 682-1430. And for those of you waiting to hear the sports quiz, we pulled a fast one. We did it early. Congratulations to Eric, not Eric Clark, but uh, <laughs> Eric the Caller, who, uh, who correctly answered the sports quiz question, knowing where Matthew Stafford played before he was with the Rams, where he toiled in relative obscurity, which to the extent that you can in the NFL. Do you mind if, do you mind if we call you Eric just to keep it clear? <laughs> <laughs> well, Eric, Eric has his name on just about everything here in Clarkville as we sit here in the beautiful <laughs> Clark Studios <laughs> in Ericktown. 
Yeah, I'm telling you, the guy is a legend. (laughs) You know, those 57 Lions, do you know who the coach was? George Wilson. That's right. I I did know that. exactly (laughs) right. And uh, later coached the Dolphins. He was the Dolphins' first coach. Yes, he? he was the original coach. He left Detroit. What his son, George Wilson Jr., the quarterback? He was in the first year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's the you know, and the expansion rules back then. <laughs> it took years to get good. Uh, credit to the Dolphins for getting good at, as quickly as they did. Don Shula played a big role in that. The Bengals, who were just in the Super Bowl, you know, they were so bad for so long more recently, that we forget that they went from expansion starting at about the same time as the Dolphins, and they were in the playoffs there at the same time as the Dolphins all those yeah. years. It just took them and Kenny Anderson until 1981 to break through and make the Super Bowl, and bad luck for them. Three losses in three Super Bowls now, all of them uh, one-score games. They lost by five to San Francisco in Super Bowl 16. They lost by... Uh, <clears throat> four points to San Francisco in the Super Bowl 23 on the famous Joe Montana to John Taylor pass with 34 seconds to go. And then, of course, they lost that heartbreaker 23-20 to the Rams this past week. And I got it. Did you see that play during the final drive that Stafford made? You know, he was the answer to the sports part of the sports quiz question. Matthew Stafford hit a key pass down the middle to Cooper Cup uh, that got him inside the 30-yard line. And what was amazing about this, and Collinsworth didn't pick up on this, it was something that, that you saw later on replays, it was a no-look pass because there was a crowd of Bengals around Cup, but Stafford put it in the one open space where Cup could run to it and catch it, and had, they had a big gain, and that put them right in position where they later moved downfield or finished the drive-off. I have never seen a quarterback throw a no-look pass. I mean, it's one thing a quarterback will look off, look at one receiver and then turn and throw to the other. Uh, to set it up, <clears throat> uh, Stafford dropped back to pass and was looking at the tight end who was about 10 yards downfield and to the right. The Bengals had several guys back in the secondary, including, the, including their, uh, a safety who was in perfect position in the middle of the field. And what he saw and what you can see from the end zone look is – Stafford was focused on the tight end in the right flat, and the, and that safety took two steps in that direction as Stafford stepped forward to throw. And Stafford looked at the tight end the whole time and threw across his body down the middle of the A field strike. to strike to cup right in the space that the safety had taken. To, if the safety had stayed put, it would have been right to him for an interception. But he, those two steps as he followed Stafford's eyes, threw him off, and, and Stafford never looked at Cup on that pass. I've watched gazillions of football games. <laughs> I have never seen a quarterback do that. That was spectacular. If you get a chance, go online, find that find that clip, and, and, and watch it over and over again. Every time I look at it, Ronnie, it, it's you know just when we thought we'd seen everything, right? <laughs> you know, we were referring to the 1957 Detroit Lions. Here's some of the guys that were on that team. Hall of Famer Bobby Lane was the quarterback. Uh, he's pretty good. <laughs> Luke Creekmuir, an offensive lineman, I believe he's a Hall of Famer. And uh, you also had um, John Henry Johnson, Hopalong Cassidy, former Heisman Trophy winner from Ohio State. John Henry Johnson, that we mentioned, who was a Steeler later. Tom the Bomb Tracy was on that team, one of the wide receivers. Leon Hart, another Heisman Trophy winner, the first non-back to win the Heisman Trophy. He was from Notre Dame. And then Yale Larry, who is 
was a defensive back and a punter, and I believe he's in the Hall of Fame too. So you kind of get an idea of why they won that year. That's a pretty darn good lineup that they had back then. And I think they had won several. I think they might have won back-to-back. Maybe the Giants won in 56, but they won in 57. I think they'd won a couple before that too, yeah. but none since. And they, Yeah, and they weren't very good in the subsequent years from there. Green Bay sort of took over that conference, and the Colts were, were good when Green Bay wasn't. And then it came the 70s. And Detroit was uh, had a couple of decent teams, but never any team that was memorable. It was really in the late 80s and early 90s when they had Barry Sanders that they at least won a playoff game or two. Back that, But that was the last time. And you're, th- you're talking about going back to 1957. You're talking about a period of over 60 years, uh, 65 years now. And they've generally been bad. You can count the number of playoff wins on one hand. And how does a team... That's had Barry Sanders, that's had Matthew Stafford, that had uh, Megatron, Calvin Johnson. Players like that, how are they that bad for that long? Incompetent <laughs> management is what the answer is. And, you know, the Ford family has owned them, and, you know, it, it's just nepotism. They haven't done a very good job, and they hire the wrong general managers. They hire the wrong coaches. I mean, they've had some decent coaches over the years, but – they really haven't done a very good job of managing that football team. And that's one of those things where they need to step back. They need to get somebody. First of all, they'd have to get somebody and hire somebody who is a competent general manager and leave them alone. It is about when it comes down to when a team is bad for that long, you can change coaches every other day if you want to and and pick as high as as possible in the draft year after year. But if the GM and that, Upper management isn't any good, and the Dolphins are finding this out. <laughs> you can go decades uh, with, with being media, being, being bad. <laughs> I can't even say. <laughs> being bad. <laughs> well, you know, an example, the contrary of that, when you hire good general managers, the Colts were really bad, you know, after Unitas and those guys left, and then Joe Thomas came in, and he was the general manager, and he really brought in some great guys, Burt Jones, Lydell Mitchell, some of the guys you mentioned. Yeah, Joe Thomas helped build the Dolphins, Yeah, too, that's right. In the early 70s. Yeah. yeah. And Raymond Chester, some of those great Colts that they had back in the day. Well, we're almost out of time, but we'll be back next week. So be ready, and you never know when we're going to do that sports quiz. We, yeah. We hey, might. go Joey at Daytona. Come on. <laughs> Make it two in a row. <laughs> uh, well, we, maybe we can have Holly on sometime to talk about what happens over at Daytona because Holly knows all, sees all, and she is such a great resource for us to have, and we are so appreciative that she will come on and share her expertise with us because Holly really knows racing. Nobody knows racing better than Holly Kane.